ladies. <laughs> I just, I can't. Oh my god. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, another episode of your favorite gaming podcast. This, of course, is Weekly Games Chat. As a matter of fact, if you are wondering what episode number this is, this is 351. Uh, my name is Sean, and I, I, of course, I have my, we're always together, my two buddies. I'm going to introduce them in just a moment, but I do want to remind you, if you're not watching us on Twitch TV every week, why aren't you not doing so? Because you could see things like like John. Speaking of John, look at that. How are you doing, non-button up? Good to see you. You got a lot of energy today. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm just keeping. <laughs> I really think we should just change the theme song. Change. Yeah. Change. Change the theme song and just let me do It's the same theme song. Just let me do it. <laughs> just, like, yeah. just dude. Ladies and gentlemen, we did it for 14 and a half minutes pre-show. But no, I'm just, uh, you know, playing it cash today. Going cash. Noah, I got this wrinkly cotton shirt today. And having a little bit of sketch. Uh, what kind of sketch are you having? And by oh. a little bit, how many cups is this? <laughs> Actually, this is just my first one. I've taken two or three sips. I don't know. I just, it's been a long day. I'm kind of goofy and delirious. Yeah. Um, and the weather doesn't help. I mean, I've had this splitting headache all day, and I took some Valium. So, Wait, did I say, what? I meant Advil. I meant Advil, guys. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. But it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. The best part nice. is when you said, how many of you had, John? On my end, John's audio kind of paused for a second, so it sounded like he's like, actually. <laughs> actually, just three steps. <laughs> Uh, of course, you heard him, ladies and gentlemen. That was the uh, our our head our head producer, uh, OG of the show. It used to just be Chris and Chris, but now he's the only Chris. He is the surviving Chris. Chris, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, though. The reason you saw me before, as we were starting, go like put my head yeah down. yeah. I was still using the same template as last week, and therefore, once again. Uh, on the audio file, we started at the three minute mark. So, yeah, yeah I get to move audio around again after the show. So. Hey, you did that to yourself. I did. You should. It's, it's on uh, me. It's on me. You should have caught that uh, uh, that little thing. I will tell you, uh, in case you're wondering what we do when we first uh, start the show, this is known, ladies and gentlemen. The first give or take fifteen or so minutes. This is known officially <laughs> as the intro segment right because shows have intros and that's what we do and i want to start off because who you just heard from chris he watched another comedy stand up uh and i believe he had previously talked about another comedy stand up that's kind of i don't want to say tied to this one but there's a there's a a definite thing and i'll let chris elaborate because chris watched uh the jared carmichael special tell us about it chris it's uh, Gerard Carmichael, but yes. Jared, you correct me again in front of all my friends, <laughs> and we fight to the death. That's yeah. how we do. So this came to mind because, you know, I I, I obviously said this. I watch SNL every week, right? And I was amazed. Oh, you're the one. Right? <laughs> I, I was amazed when I, like, you know, tuned in this week and he was hosting. I was like, that's random because, you know, it's not like he's had anything recently. He used to have a show on him. NBC uh, that was somewhat popular and pretty well praised, if I recall. Um, 
but you know, I haven't seen him anything lately. Uh, I've seen him do stand up before. I've always enjoyed it, but um, apparently he had put one out the day before on HBO and he even makes light that he's probably the least famous person to ever host SNL. Uh, and it was just ended up, you know, I was scrolling through and I saw it directed by Bo Burnham. So that piqued my interest, you know, as, as you know, that name usually does. As I was like, why would Bo Burnham film a comedy central, uh, a comedy special, right? Uh, and it ended up being one of the more unique, interesting ones I've ever seen. About the only thing I can relate it to without really spoiling too much of what the premise is, if you haven't heard what the big reveal is in this, uh, is that it's kind of like on the level of Dave Chappelle when he did his eight and a half minutes stand up, where, you know, it's a comedy stand-up, but it ain't always comedy. You know, it's it's him getting some very personal things off of his chest and going through them uh, in real time. Um, but and the only other one I would compare it to is uh, back when what was her name? Tignataro. Uh, she got diagnosed with cancer, uh, and then four days later did a stand-up on being diagnosed with cancer. Uh, and some say is one of the best stand-ups that's just ever been witnessed, you know, because it's it's a very personal, real thing of like a comedian going through something very tragic, right? And processing and trying to be like, how can I relate this to humor where maybe things don't seem so bad? So with him, it's very much he's had something he has not talked about, both his family and in himself for his whole life in public. And uh, he very much addresses it here. And it's very interesting because you get these, unlike other comedy shows, you know, where the uh, goal is to sit down and shut up and only laugh. He very much is interacting with this audience the whole entire time. And they're conversing and throwing questions back to him. And it's, you know, um, you get these runs of jokes that are completely hilarious where he's like, now that I've been able to talk about this, I can make these jokes right and feel good about it but at the same time you also get moments where you could just see he's on stage kind of processing and trying to figure out you know how how to get through and maybe answer some of the things that people are saying back to him but i i highly recommend it it's about 55 minutes if you got hbo max check it out it's one of the more interesting comedy specials out there i uh I feel like it's not as comedy. It made me feel like it's sad. But you did tell me this earlier today, and I know in the same light of you mentioned Bo Burnham, mm-hmm. uh, it's more than just a comedy show per se. You're gonna be you're gonna think about things, yes, and you're gonna laugh, and that's that's kind of the the magic of of are Gerard you? and Bo. Are what you happened? gonna laugh? I mean, you, there's some, I laugh at inappropriate things all the time. Okay. I laugh at appropriate things. So I say all that because it means that I probably will laugh at something. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I wonder, though, if I would have laughed. I need to know more about. Uh, so so we, we kind of do this thing where we're tipped on on what a, a beat we want to hit, you know, for the intro. Like we, we, we want to know, all right, what happened this week? What do we want to highlight? Right. And and John, John being the master head news guy, right? Uh, he comes in and he says, "This is what he says." It's verbatim. GameStop 
and Resident Evil. So something's tied together. I don't know if it's like how glorious peanut butter and jelly is tied together on a sandwich, but we're about to find out because John, I know John went to GameStop today because he picked up a game. Uh, and that's the I Skywalker did. saga. And I, he's got me so jealous that he got the super cool edition of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't mean, I didn't, I don't think I pre-ordered that. <laughs> well, I, you, but that's a part of the story. Yeah. So guys, you guys know that, you know, you guys both, I don't think you've walked into a GameStop in a long time. Um, I only go in there because, you know, I don't have DJ money. Burr, burr, burr. I don't live by myself. And, shots fired. And, no, 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 not shots fired. <laughs> Me being the guy that I am, I have to sort of utilize additional strategies to make sure that I can play the games we need to play for the show. And that requires me going in and taking advantage of trading in games and getting, you know, and saving some money here and there where I can. And so this, I, I platinumed resident evil village. So that's where this starts. Uh, that's I the got, update. Did we got, talk about that last week or no, we, we, we talked about the fact that I was trying to do you it. Did it. And I finally, I finally got it done over the, maybe last Thursday. I don't know. And I just, I was like, okay, good. I can get this. And one of the reasons I wanted to get that done is because this game at the time had a trade-in value of $27. So I was good to go. I was like, yeah, let me go in. Um, and I waited for reviews and reviews dropped yesterday. I was getting kind of nervous. The fact that reviews had hit so late for Lego star Wars. Yeah. Cause there'd been some, there'd been some controversy uh, over the past six months about development crunch right. and stuff like that. Mm. So, <clears throat> I, um, once I, once the reviews dropped, I'm like, this is good. This is, yeah, I'm going to play this. So I ran into GameStop with my Resident Evil because I was expecting to get a good deal on it. Go in and Ricky's in there. And I said, so I'm here to trade in Resident Evil and, and, and put that towards Lego Skywalker saga, whatever. So he looks it up and he can't find it in the, in the system. This has never happened to me before. It turns out. When I looked it up last week, uh, it's no longer in the system now because according to Ricky, there's too much of a surplus in their stores of this copy, used copy. So they, they wouldn't take it. They had, you, I, if I had a PS4 version, if I had an Xbox One version, I could have traded it in. No worries. But he said, wait a while. It'll probably come back up where you can trade it in. But the question remains, would I be able to get $27.50 for it? Probably not. Well, I think, I think he felt bad for me. So I pre-ordered, I went ahead and pre-ordered Lego Star Wars and I ended up, when I walked in today, I walked, I walked out of the store. I didn't know I pre-ordered it. I don't think I pre-ordered it. The guy gave me the deluxe edition. Oh, wow. And so what comes with the deluxe edition is, uh, let me see, it get, it comes with a, a DLC, comes with DLC packs that um, actually go for what is it yeah let's see comes with um and i don't think these are released yet but it comes with mandalorian season one and season two Ooh. uh the bad batch Ooh. uh rogue one a star wars story classic characters solo a star wars story and a uh a trooper pack so that's pretty good but also the this this thing is like so humorous if you if you, you see darth vader here but if you slide the plastic off, the helmet comes <laughs> off and 
and that's his bald head right there. That is awesome. It's Wait, really? It's really funny. That's how he looks without his helmet on. That's exactly Spoiler, how spoilers. He looks. John, did that edition not come with the Luke Skywalker minifig? Yeah, I got that right here. Okay. So it's this is the Luke uh, figure where he's drinking that blue milk, the most disgusting and revolting scene in the Last Jedi, and there are plenty of them. But with uh, with the GameStop pre-order, you also they also gave me this uh, Poe Dameron um, X-wing fighter. Let me get that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm look. I mean, I don't really care that much for these, but they're really cool to have. But um, yeah, that's I, I, I so do I, care for them. And then it comes with the base game, you know, which is awesome. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Really excited about this. I don't know why. Me too. But, but it just it just struck me all of a sudden. I played the original. I played the original Star Wars, the first Star Wars game that they came out with. Uh, I played it on GameCube at the time. Really enjoyed it. But uh, other than that, I mean, so that's what comes with the. I mean, I think Ricky. I think Ricky just felt bad about what happened with the trade in. But he actually said, "Hey, I actually need this game in the store. I don't have it." Uh, Resident Evil. Um, but other than that, um, just been playing Far Cry Six. <laughs> <laughs> so That's there you so go. Fun. Yeah, um, you know, and as you're telling that story, I remember going into GameStop a few years ago, obviously, and they would they would not that would not have happened. And I'm wondering if the pandemic. That's- that's weird, in addition yeah. to with just what GameStop has gone through, if they've had to change some internal, you yeah. know, guidelines. Because I remember there used to be, you could trade in Call of Duty or Destiny yeah. and get mm-hmm. twenty five cent for it, and they still would take they it. And there'd be forty two copies of it. Yeah, man. You know, just it, keep it in the warehouse. Yeah. Uh, so that Somebody that's crazy. So I if guess, anybody wants to buy this, I'll give you. I'll take twenty four dollars for it. I think you should just do it as a giveaway. Ooh. You know what? You're not wrong. I mean, because there is some, there is some lore behind it now. We kind of just, you if know, you want a copy it. of the Resident Evil that John Platinum, <laughs> <laughs> right? First, this you got to have a PS5. This was the hardest Platinum I've ever done by far. Well, yeah. congrats. Yeah. Felt good. Felt so Very good. nice. Uh, well, yeah. And also, uh, my little tidbit this week is, is I kind of asked myself a question and when I when Chris read the question, when I put it in chat, he did the thing where he's like, whoa, 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 what? Um, so I, I started thinking this week, uh, Moss 2 came out since we last recorded. And, and uh, you know, everybody knows I'm, I'm a VR guy. I love all things VR. And, and truth be told, the reason I got a PSVR was because of Moss back in the day. Uh, so I downloaded it and I got to really thinking. Uh, is is this the last purchase I make on a PSVR? Hmm. And I don't mean that I'm suddenly getting rid of my PSVR by any means. Um, but as you know, it's 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 a highly likely thing uh, that we're uh, very soon we're gonna get news about PSVR two. PS five is out, you know, and they've if you pay attention to what Sony does as a company when they're getting ready to at least uh, either show you more information or start a pre-launch. Things are rolling very similar to what they most recently did with PlayStation 5. Uh, Emails have gone out, supposedly, of Sony sending certain people emails that are titled Introducing PSVR 2. And when they did the same thing with PS5, 
it was a few weeks after that that you could pre-order your mm-hmm. PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they, if you if you look at the target window, they still shoot for fall of twenty twenty two potentially, but it's not really been confirmed. I don't think I, I it's not really out there. Some people are saying they may surprise us and say it's dropping in April. And I'm, I'm in my head, I'm thinking they they need to sell more PlayStations. Really, they need to kind of get that ramp back up. But yeah. but then I got to thinking, okay, I play VR games, you know, still to this day, but I have a Meta Quest Two. And it's and just easier to deal with. It's the I can, yeah, it's easier to deal with. And and the, the PSVR in its heyday was great one because it was my only option. But now that I've I've had a cord free experience, uh, really an overall better and smoother experience, um, you almost don't want to go through the hassle of playing the PSVR. Now, one benefit it's always had, and and there's a reason it's been this way. It's always been the most comfortable comfortable headset I've ever put on. And that's because there's nothing in it. It's, you know what I mean? It's just a headset. Um, so, <laughs> what was the, uh, the meta, the meta is the most comfortable? No, no, no. The meta is that one's like this. <laughs> yeah. That one, you, you look like in sync in that video they did. But so yeah, that's a, that's a crazy question. Um, I did look at the games and, and we're getting close to, to wrapping the intro up. Uh, but like, I, everything else I think I can get on Meta. So the question remains, will this be the last PSVR title I buy? I guess we'll have to see. I guess so, we'll have to see. But obviously you're interested in the next generation. Oh, oh, of course. I got the Meta Quest 2, and I'm going to, as soon as I can pre-order PSVR 2, it's bought and it's sexy, and I can't wait to put it on my head. It's mm. going to be nice. Uh, <laughs> they're joking that Chris had to mute my Meta plug <laughs> because we're not like allowed to say the word Meta. I think uh, I was replying to a first-time streamer, and I think when I did that, it must have hit the uh, the kill switch or whatever that I used to mute all the audio whenever I need to, so you weren't heard by the stream for about three or four minutes. Or, well, not three or four minutes, like 30 seconds. So just uh, for those what? who want, if they want to hear that, I would just tell them, go download the episode when it comes <laughs> out tomorrow and you'll hear it. <laughs> But yeah, well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I officially am quitting the show because I was muted and I don't like, I was censored. <laughs> I'm going to spill secrets. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Of course. I love Chris and Hold he's on. adorable. Let me move Sean to you did this real quick. <laughs> did, did you, they're saying you screwed up again. Did I? I guess this is the, no, again. I didn't No, the other. Okay. Just, uh, just but ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been our intro. Uh, for this week once again episode 351 we are about to officially go to the topic uh thanks again for tuning in on twitch.tv make sure you hit that follow button and for you whoever you downloaded thank you in just a few moments you're going to hear us again and we're going to be discussing a game Ladies and gentlemen, hello again. Uh, welcome. If you listen to our entire intro, you know that it is now time for the topic. If you skimmed right to right here, this is exactly where you wanted to be. So welcome to our topic time area. Uh, and what I'll do now, like I do every week, is I will shut up <laughs> because Chris is about to sound glorious in introducing this topic officially. Chris? Okay, let's get ready. The topic is 
Tiny Tina's Wonderlands! It's so much better when it's more than one word. It really, like, last week was so hard. I was like, what, what, where do I stretch this? I guess the bow? <laughs> Two! Is that good? It's normally. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I think it sounds, I think last week was great, but, you know, I, I think every week is great because we're the world's best video game about podcasts ever. Wait. Best mm. video game about podcasts? Yep, we're a video game about. It's called. I said that backwards, <laughs> and now that's clipped, and we're screwed. It's that's fine. why we're the best. It's a, it's a new, <laughs> around. It's a new Cairo <laughs> soft game. Whoa, 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 whoa! Well, copyright. Yeah. Well, but possibly copyrighted, but a great lead-in because um, I'm sure you'll hit on this beat, and it doesn't. It's probably not going to be right now. Tiny Tina has a bunch of puns. Wait, but and. So, Chris, this is a shooter? Uh, it's a looter shooter, as he's going to say about 42 times. Just wait Chris, for it. Chris, are you okay? You're not, you're not great at these. I am great at looter shooters. You know why? Because why? looter shooters are still just Diablo at heart. <laughs> and yeah. you, don't, you don't have to be the expert marksman and twitch you know, reflexes in this if you know how to make a build and use it to do what you need to have done. Uh, I have to tell you, uh, I have to confess to the audience. Um, I have, I, they're all on my PC now, mm. but I have never played a Borderlands game. Really? Should I, should I quit the show? If you could just put your badge and laptop in after the, uh, end of the episode, just leave it at my door, your gun and your badge, right <laughs> <laughs> on my desk. But yeah, this is the, um, I guess two things. One, it's kind of playing off of Borderlands 3 because Tiny Tina is in that. And I think it's set like on that ship. But more directly, this is a follow-up to um, a Borderlands 2 DLC that was called Tiny Tina's um, Assault on Dragon Keep, which was a, probably one of the highest like most beloved expansions that they ever did for that game. There were a lot of expansions, right? Um, yeah. And that it, was a, that was a PS free game for a couple of months ago, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. I believe you can, mm -hmm. you could get the, uh, they recently re-released it. I think updated the graphics. I can go back and check it out. Um, mm -hmm. I played it mm -hmm. way, way back. And that one was, um, the original one was a fun one because one, it was, doing something completely different from the traditional Borderlands um, formula, which was, you know, they put this fantasy uh, kind of skin on the game, right? Still felt like Borderlands. It's still Borderlands, but it definitely was embracing more of those D&D Diablo-esque, you know, um, elements that you, you know that it's based off of. And two, it was a really personal story because that one was uh, for, I don't know, spoilers for Borderlands 2. It's been 10 years. Uh, there's a character that passes away in that game. That whoa, was, whoa, yeah, whoa. <laughs> that was uh, very, very close to Tina. And really that DLC is her emotionally working through that. Right. And like kind of she's playing this, this, uh, this board game with her friends because she's trying to escape 
dealing with the reality that someone she was very close to is no more. Right. Um, which is something that's cool about these kind of games. They are, you know, we often think about that. Like that's something general. I think most gamers can actually relate to where you have something traumatic or bad happen. You, you get certain games that they come in at those right times. Right. And you can just escape. Like I remember when my grandfather passed, uh, was about the time oblivion came out from elder scrolls. Right. And I probably, you know, for the next couple of weeks, that's, that's about all I did. You know, yeah, we, um, we therapy. Yeah, we don't yeah. definitely have. We all have games like that that mean something like that to us. Mm. Not because that they're not because they're necessarily beloved, even though that particular one is. But just yes. just some like you know, my favorite Zelda game is my favorite Zelda game because I spent a week during Thanksgiving playing it with my wife. Your wife. So yeah, definitely. You, or just what are you doing? So. Tina's favorite, tiny Tina's favorite game is a take on D and D, and it's uh, whereas that is D and D, this is B and B, because this is called <laughs> bunkers and BAs. Uh, it's bad, in another word I can't say on here, but uh, <laughs> for for the kids at home, but you could probably figure out what it is. Chat could probably post it if they want to. Uh, where it is a fantasy game where. Tina is basically the dungeon master, right? She's setting up the story. Uh, The idea here is that you have the dragon lord who is this evil, you know, being that consistently keeps coming back every some number of eons, right? Rises again. And the idea is that you want to get the, the soul of, or the sword of souls to capture him and trap his essence again, right? And save the realm uh, that is ruled by Queen Butt Stallion. <laughs> the most magnificent queen you will ever see. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Uh, but but right away, it very early on, the idea is that you are playing as the new player who is called the Fate Maker, right? Like you have other people in your party that are other members on the ship that are voiced by... Um, Andy Sandberg and Wanda Sykes, uh, which is awesome because, you know, there's just so much humor in this game. And of course, Andy is doing Andy Sandberg and Wanda is very much doing Wanda Sykes and uh, it, it plays into it. But yeah, you're the new fate maker. You're the new player, right? So you're designing your character and building them up and, and kind of going through this for the first time. Whereas these two have obviously played with Tina quite a number of times and have already experienced it, right? But very early on in the story, basically it takes a left-hand turn. You're not really sure what's happening. But basically, Dragon Lord does things that you don't think Dragon Lord should necessarily be able to do. <laughs> and <laughs> it puts you on a path where still you're trying to go beat him. But it seems like the 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 stakes might be a little bit more raised uh, than you originally thought. And the part that makes dragon Lord so interesting and fun is he is voiced by Will Arnett uh, from, you know, arrested development, like a Batman, all those kind of things. And he just hams it up and very much does everything that you want Will Arnett to do for playing a villain. Um, but yeah, you kind of start out, create your character. You got, I think six classes you could go through. I chose what is basically the necromancer build, which is called the 
the grave. Uh, I think it's like Grave Digger, something like you that. And, you and the Necromancer build. You know I, I mean? love, dude, if I could do a Necromancer, I, I will always do a Necromancer because they usually have some of the funnest things. Um, you do also get eventually subclasses. So I combine my main with the one that's called the Spore Warden, which is like basically I summon like a mushroom and then I start to be able to summon more and more companions which is, this is why I love these types of games because I made a build that by the end, my aim and accuracy was like this much important. I basically was able to create a character that the only thing I was doing was getting guns and spells that got me more and more companions because I had all my stats geared towards my companions do X amount more damage. They have X very high crit you know, chances and crit damage. So I just go around shooting at the, at the, you know, the enemies as I see, but after two shots in the round, I throw my gun because it will spawn a Hydra or a pixie or something else, right? Something fancy themed. And within like, I don't know, two seconds of maybe activating my special, I go from, you know, a boss can go from 99% health to pretty much down to 2%. Uh, for most of the game. <laughs> and I, I love that kind of stuff, like where you can look at builds and kind of figure out what works together, right? What what synergizes from what you have and, and make something that feels distinct in yours versus someone else who, uh, like Mike, he was really big on, he wanted to do a spell caster. And then when he got to his um, secondary class, he did the claw bringer because it gave him a dragon. And anyone who knows our yeah, buddy, he's Mike a nerd D, about dragons. he loves, yeah, if there's a dragon, he's going to have a dragon. Uh, so am there. I, uh, am I a necromancer because I summoned mushrooms nightly? That's funny. No. Okay. That's funny. But yeah. Um, so ads core though, it is, it is very much still Borderlands, but with the fantasy skin, right? You're going around, you're collecting endless amounts of guns that all, you know, the brands have different properties. As I said, like the ones I do, something always happens whenever you basically reload, you throw the weapon and either it spawns something or does some sort of damage, right? You have other ones that don't necessarily have ammo. They just have overheating, right? And then you can get certain properties that make it able to extend it out where it can almost like there's one gun now that apparently everyone is going after that Mike told me about that. Basically, if you build this up, you'll have endless ammo. You'll just never have to reload and do consistent critical damage on bosses. Um, you know, you other ones just do big damage. That's, that's what their goal is, you know, and you have rocket launchers, SMGs. Uh, they did sub out here. A lot of the pistols instead of just being pistols are more of cross bolts which is kind of cool and a little bit fancy themed. Uh, and then other things kind of just got the names get changed, right? Instead of having a shield in this game, you have a ward and that's your magical ward of protection. That's your shield. Um, instead of having kind of special like skill abilities here, you have magical spells that you can get. And instead of having a default class skill, you have a class special like magic ability, right? That goes mm -hmm. out like mm -hmm. mine. Uh, the one I'm using right now, I, I summon three tornadoes and they go out there just spinning around, hitting everything that's in their path. But the part that makes this game. So, so, so you're the reason. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. I'm the, the reason. Yeah, yeah, I'm the reason today. That's all I was doing. I was just looking at Buena Vista and <laughs> Omaha and just went, here you go, have a tornado. Um, <laughs> that was a local reference. But <laughs> but uh, what makes this fun, I think, is, you know, Borderlands, I think people have a love-hate relationship based on the humor. You know, it's either something that's up your alley or it's not. And it's always kind of been very tongue in cheek, um, kind of a little bit like I would say blue collar in a way. Right. You know, there's always a little bit in in certain areas of the game, uh, almost like. Rural or redneck, whatever you want to call it, undertone that going on uh, in the various areas you go to. That's not really here this time. Instead, we've taken all that out and more so we're playing off fancy tropes and all that. You get it like right away too. Like when you're just building your character out, you know, like the Afro, if you want to have an Afro hairstyle on your character, it's called the Frodo, you know, because why not? Um, (laughs) I'm sitting there and like, whenever I, whenever I cast magic, there's tons of Lord of the Rings references. Whenever, whenever I cast magic, my character every now and then will go, looks like magic's back on the menu, boys, you know, (laughs) thing, things like that. I, I ran into Lord of the Rings. Yes. I ran into another, um, character that throughout the game that was in, I posted in chat. And it made me laugh as soon as I saw it called Garrett of trivia. And he's a monster hunter and he, he's just consistently, he's just, he's a complete tool to you the whole entire time. Just going around going like, Oh yes. Why don't you go take care of this lesser monster? I have to go fight more fantastical monsters that are too cool for you. And you know, cause I'm the greatest monster slayer of all time. And you know, just, it's definitely, tongue in cheek towards you, of course, the Witcher franchise, Um, even like to the larger scale. So the big thing I think that people will notice that is not in this game that is in all the other previous Borderlands, there are no vehicles in this game. Um, And you're wondering, does that mean the maps get, you know, too small? Like, do you feel robbed, right, of everything? And I would say no, because the maps are still very in-depth right? The various sections you're going through. But on top of that, instead of just having these huge open stretches to drive between, right? And then having hub connections that you go through and now you're in a different part of the map that reloads in, you instead have a classic kind of overworld that exists, which is kind of like twofold. It looks like how you would see a D&D board if you actually have the figurines, like your character looks like a D&D figurine as it walks around in this overworld. And it also, I think it's a very big call out that I think most people get is like Final Fantasy, like those classic JRPGs, like where, you know, Cloud is walking around this map and then all of a sudden a random encounter can start and you're taken into a very closed quarter map where, you know, it's like, hey, defeat these 20 or 30 enemies, right? Um and, you know, and let it, and, and, you know, get rewarded with a bunch of loot after you accomplish it. Um, I will say, while I enjoyed the gimmick of the, of the overworld, it does feel, Here we go. Yeah, it, you know, it does feel like um, it could have been a little bit more fleshed out for what it is. Like the, the random encounters, you kind of do them at first. And then you realize you don't really need them. You know, they're, they're just kind of something that's there. And I, I found myself and I think Mike 
said the same thing to me. Like after about a couple of hours, I was just running past them. You get to a point like where it, you kind of can predict what they're doing. So you just, you move around. Um, <laughs> but is there fast travel there? There is limited fast travel. That's another point of contention with this. So you can fast travel from whatever map section you're in to the overworld or to what is the hub city where you do your upgrading, um, which is like the main kingdom. But you can't really fast travel from like one zone quickly to another. Like if you're on the overworld, you can go to, to the main hub city, but you can't go like from that hub city back to whatever zone like, you know, at that moment, now Mike's saying you can, I never saw this. You know, like it seemed like you could teleport within the regions, but like if I was in Chris, did X- you play this or just watch YouTube videos? I mean, I played it for apparently two, two whole days worth of game time. I got like <laughs> 72 hours, apparently some ridiculous amount. Michael show you later. Yeah, no. Yeah. He'll show me later. It is- is this when we tell Chris that two days does not equal 72 hours or do we just let that one slide? For him, yeah, it probably does. Yeah. In my mind, it does, right? <laughs> or whatever it is, 48 hours. Yeah, you're right. I'm dumb. Um, but yeah, as, as you're going through, like, I think going through that and trying to find certain pieces, because there are these shrines that you can find that give you boons, right? Those are okay and those are fun because they're like little mini dungeons you go into that are a little bit more expanded out from the one encounter. But after a while, they they do kind of just show that they're a repetitive thing. Like you have a set of about five or six stages that you're just going to randomly go through on those dungeons. And then afterwards, boom, you're at the end. Here's a mini boss. And then you get a shrine piece. You get four of them. You can activate the shrine and you get like a buff, like say additional critical damage or you know, uh, additional like higher luck rolls on your loot um, and things like that. There's also a ton of collectibles. And I have to say Mike to his credit has already gone through and of course found every uh, collectible because he, that's what he does. Yeah. That's just what he is. He's, he's very much a look at the list and I've got to get every little thing and I don't mind doing that. And there is one of them that I kind of, at some point I'm just going to go to IGN and pull up a map. So I know where they are and go through, which is um, in every area. There are the hexes. What is it? The, the famous D and D dice. I don't know how many sides it is. It's like a 19 side die or whatever. I don't know what the technical term is for that offhand, but you know, as you find these dice, you know, there's usually about 20, I would say 15 to 20 somewhere in there uh, in every area that you can go into the game they will basically boost up your luck. And as you get higher and higher luck and you get higher and higher level, your ability to get more legendary gear, higher, you know, with better stats and things like that begins to come in more into play. So, you know, there is a lot of benefit to go out there. Uh, I think it's that and basically scrolls. They also, I believe, give you some sort of boon, but I cannot remember it right now. Uh, you know, like they're, they're rewarding. Like you don't have to do these things. They're definitely time consuming, but at the same time they will reward those who do right. Like I don't, I don't think you need to go do all this stuff to get to the end game and be fine and be successful, especially because as you start, it's that Diablo thing, like where, when you get to end game and it starts rolling and you start increasing the difficulty, like here it's called chaos Diablo, it's called torments. 
mm-hmm. you're going to start getting waves and waves of great gear. You know, you just might get a higher clip, I guess, if you're willing to go out there and do these additional, like, you know, list of, of, of collectibles, if you will. Hey, Chris, did you see Nacho called you out? What do you say? <laughs> he said, Chris, leaving the PC on while you're passed out drunk on the couch does not count as playtime. That's funny. <laughs> I would, oh God, I would feel so bad if I did that to my PC. If I ever did that, oh man. But no, um, <laughs> it is funny because this this game is not as long as a traditional Borderlands. I would say yeah. most Borderlands campaigns are somewhere in the vein of twenty to thirty hours. I would estimate if you if you just wanted to do the main story, you never wanted to break off right and see all these other things and side quests and all that kind of stuff. You probably are looking at like ten to 11 hours uh i would say and then you think they started this out as an expansion i think so i think this was originally gonna be an expansion i mean i have no proof of this right um but i think this was originally going to be an expansion and after you beat the game in the credits they they do highlight right that this was a game that was primarily made from home during the pandemic um, and that they were very, you know, proud of the team and the studio being able to come together and put something like this out. But I think because of the pandemic, someone said, why should we put this out as a $30, $20, $30 expansion when we can just make it bigger, right? And it'll be good for the team if we can release it as a full-fledged game. Kind of like how the only one that I could say compare it to would be like, Bungie back in the day with ODST with Halo, where that was supposed to be a DLC and then eventually just became a standalone thing. I, well, this was a question I was going to ask you directly, like what was just asked. So I had saw this on Wikipedia. Ooh. Uh, but uh, apparently, according to uh, Gearbox founder Randy Pitchford, mm-hmm. um, they had been planning to do a fantasy spinoff yeah. uh, since the early 2010s. It doesn't really elaborate if it was meant to just be DLC or expansion, mm-hmm. um, it probably makes more sense that when they pitched it unsuccessfully to several people or, or studios, I should say um, that who knows how they pitched it. Cause it never latched on. Uh, but it looks like time, time like made it, it's all worth it. Cause this game's getting a lot of praise and a, and a lot of people are thoroughly enjoying it. So who knows? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, this is probably, I, I didn't get in the, to the DLC and, and a lot of the, the stuff for Borderlands 3. Like, I enjoyed Borderlands 3, but it kind of, with, with without Handsome Jack uh, there to, to really push it, <laughs> um, it, I don't know. I, I, I had my fun. I did some of the M game. I, I definitely built myself up a, a little bit, right? But I did not get as committed uh, to Borderlands 3 um, as I did Borderlands 1 or 2. This one, though, to me, with the way the end game is going, I think I don't think it will be something that I do for, you know, a year or whatever, right? But I do think the the loop is a lot more uh, rewarding and interesting, which is basically it, it kind of, after you beat the game, it kind of becomes this roguelike, right? Where the best thing I could compare it to, it's very Hades, 
um, which is like you come in and you are getting random boons and also disadvantages where you're handed sometimes like, hey, you're going to have enemies that now have 25% more health or do 30% more damage, right? Or they'll, you know, if this type of enemy touches you, you automatically go into an instant death state, like things like that, right? But at the same time, you can also get boons where it's like, oh, well, now you have plus three skill or you have X amount more crit. And it's very random. You have branching paths where you can kind of select, do I want to go to a place that gives me a hardship or a place that gives me more uh, resource or a place that gives me a boon? And the you know there are various reasons why you would choose each. One would be so that you have more power. But two, the hardships you do because the harder you make it on yourself, if you can beat it, right, you get more reward for beating it versus if you do a more easier uh, yeah, you do. So, you know, it, it's a cool grind as you keep increasing the level and seeing like where where your cap is and where you're going to have to work before you can begin to go to the next high level. But it's also fun because there's little secrets hidden throughout that I've found with it. And each encounter, as far as the boss fights as you raise, changes and gets, you know, some of them are bringing back bosses you fought before. Some of them I don't recall necessarily. Um, maybe I just forgot about them. Um, but you know, their versions that you're fighting seem a lot more powerful than they were the first time. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's been a really cool grind on top of still being able to go out in the world, kind of classic borderlands where you can go to a specific boss and, and farm them for specific loot. Uh, you know, I've, I've had a blast with that. I think it's, it's really cool gimmick and like, I would love to see them take this and maybe expand it even more for whenever Borderlands, uh, I guess, 4 comes out, if they ever make that. I'm sure they're working on it. <laughs> I would be very surprised if they're not. Yeah, they probably are. And, and I mean, going back to, to just the way the game, the, the aesthetic of this game is so pleasing. It's mm -hmm. so awesome. It really uh, is. And, mm -hmm. and, and you, you didn't, I'm not going to say the word, you did not gloss over at all the map. You, you talked about it good. But what I really like about it, it reminds me of... You talked you know, about it good. <laughs> you talked about it good, right? But what I really like the way it looks, it, and like you said, it takes away that like, <sighs> I got to, like, I just played uh, Horizon and I'm running or I'm on a mountain. I got to go so far, right? Yeah. This game is really set up almost like a, the way Mario Party's board is, in a way. There's stuff that's interacting with you the whole time. And yeah, you're walking from point A to point B, but it does not feel like a Breath of the Wild running or a Horizon running. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, boom, you're in that first person mode and you're holding those cool weapons and doing cool things. So uh, it, like John said earlier, he can't wait to play it or his intention is to play it. Don't be surprised if like we come back later because you beat this game and, and you're going to give it your score today. But we come back and it surprises us on like our game of the year list because it, it does appear to have that potential. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even kidding. The question is for, for me, Chris, um, and and Sean, don't you love how pretentious he sounds when he says "crit"? Yeah, he <laughs> says stuff like that. I'm I saying, really want. Sorry if I'm, I'm using not, common I terms. I want to put my fist through. What happened? Hey, but Chris, I, Chris, doing? what I want to know is 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 this is is does playing the other games is it necessary to enjoy this? Is it necessary to play this at all? I don't think so. Um, especially because you know Tiny Tina is really the only major character coming in here right okay. from from the games 
and while there is a reference to a person from the original, they don't even actually say his name, I believe. They just kind of more so hint to who it is. Because um, that was my hesitation, really. Yeah. That, that's what really no. kept me from... No, this the, the story itself is very self-contained as far as like what is going on, what is the motivation of the villain, right? What is uh, the motivation of Tina? Like Tina's great throughout this, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, she can do the randomness of just trying to lead you into something. It, like she hits all the tropes of a classic D&D master. Like... I There's love a, a good D and D. You're going around uh, early master, on, yeah. yeah. Early on, D masters rock. Yeah, early on in the uh, game, you're like walking around, and Wanda Sykes' character goes like, "Tina, did you leave a Cheeto on the board?" And she's like, "Uh, uh no, that's 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 there on purpose." And and now you have to go to do a dungeon because you you need to get away to get the thing to get past the epic Cheeto or whatever like that, you know. The epic Cheeto. Yeah. She'll do that. She'll <laughs> she'll do the thing like where she's really excited. Oh, you guys are coming up on this character, and you guys are like, no, no, and you know it leads to a very comedic bit. Other times where Andy Samberg will be like, oh, I'm pretty sure that person's bad, and she's like, Why you guys think he's bad? He's not bad. You can't prove she's bad, and you know, it feels like maybe she's adjusting things on the fly, which a lot of D and D people get accused of doing if if the uh, group gets a little too mm-hmm. or figures out that what you they think you're trying to do, right? You know, things like that. So you how's it how's it running on your PC? Assuming you're playing on PC, it runs like a champ. Um, Good. Uh, the game itself runs like a champ. Let me, let me rephrase that. The one part, and I would say the thing that's been a little bit disheartening right now is the connection online. Like oh. Mike and I have both experienced this where all of a sudden your, your frame rate just dips down to 20 because for whatever reason you've randomly disconnected from the shift servers, which is where like all the cross play and all that kind of stuff can happen. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, 10 minutes later, it slows down again for a, you know, blip because you've now randomly reconnected and like, it's gone a little bit better as the week or so has gone on since it came out, but it still is randomly happening daily, yeah. like where you'll have these disconnections. And luckily I kind of, with a lot of these, I, I generally play by myself until I get to end game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I haven't had that experience yet, like where me and Mike are together. Cause I, I would be ticked if like I'm in Mike's game and you know, we're right on the final boss of a, of a chaos dungeon and I disconnect and therefore I get no reward for all the work that we just, you know, spent the last 15 minutes doing. Right. And yeah, that would suck. Yeah. And, and John, you know, you and I have a great history of if we co-op a game, we have fun co-oping. Oh, yeah. Um, and I normally I'd have a lot of excitement and I, I actually do. I just kind of want to, uh, uh, you know, cautiously be optimistic about it, uh, that, you know, there is a co-op and it, it can be online and we could play and enjoy this game together when we decide to play it. Uh, and maybe by the time we play it, these issues are resolved, but you know, I, I know for a fact that our friend Mike that Chris has talked about and, and the, and people who listen to the show know he literally couldn't play the game for I don't know. We said it was like a day. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't play it. Just couldn't play the game. It was un- unplayable. Yeah. He, he had, had to uh, do workarounds and 
co-op aside, he just couldn't get it rolling? He had a really bad bug that showed up, and I don't know if it's a widespread known thing or whatever, um, but basically he had a bug where because he had advanced to a point in the story and then had decided to go off to do something else, probably like collecting things, knowing Mike. No, that right? wasn't the... I sent him, I sent him a porn that... Um, <laughs> But he just, uh, <laughs> he came back and it's like, you're supposed to do this next thing, but it wasn't showing up. And like I came in and he brought him into my world and went to his spot to see if he could make it work. I went into his game to see if we could make it work. And I think he said the only way he could get it was he had to find someone online who was at that exact moment of the story. And he did. Yeah. Got kicked out by the guy as soon as he joined his game. <laughs> And then he did, but it was a mess. Yeah, he got someone else and and basically Beck said, like, I'm I won't even touch the boss. I just need to advance. People don't want like a you know a lord to come in and just they're running through the game and then they're just one shot and everything. And Mike was like, dude, just let me I just want to hang out. Just yeah. please just kind of just run by you. I just want to <laughs> run with you. You can kill everything. I just I just want the stuff. Yeah. Uh but yeah, he ended up doing it. But yeah, John, if you're down, I'm 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 down. I think. Yeah, let me know when you um, want to pull the trigger. I don't. Uh, mm-hmm. I I don't really care what we play it on. Doesn't matter to me. PC. Well, I was going to ask Chris, and if you don't know this, we can look it up. You mentioned crossplay. That crossplay generally means if I get it on PS5, he decides to get it on PC. We should still match make, right? Correct. It's basically you you link all your accounts to Shift, and then therefore you could just pick. You know, like oh. I'm friends with Sean on Shift, so therefore, wherever he's playing, are, he can. Play are we as gamers? Thank, I want to thank Mike for answering our questions in real time. Yes, real time. It. It's legit. I, I do also want to say, are we as gamers? Are we tired of having to create accounts, a la carte, to every service, Everything. every game? We got to have accounts for Netflix, all of our those kind of things. Like I'm running out of passwords and usernames. See, that's like, what that's what Microsoft is actually doing for us. They're they're absorbing the Bethesda accounts. They're absorbing the Activision Blizzard accounts. All can into do a one good, account. Uh, so they can just buy everything. A little foreshadowing here. Who can do a good Bernie impression? Just saying. <laughs> I believe. They can do everything all at once. All at once. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, Chris, uh, you're still rolling, so it's it's on you when you want to put that ta- uh, that thing on the table. I have yeah, always loved the Borderlands art style. I have mm-hmm. always loved it. Yeah, I've always I just got burnout on Borderlands. If I'm being quite honest, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the other thing, if there's one other knock I would make, there are a ton of side quests, and while there are some that are very memorable, there's a great one with um, you come up on this pirate and he's just like all right we gotta go get my lover back and he's like he's like but <laughs> but she's uh, but but he's being held by another pirate who's got the hardest armor that's impenetrable no one can get by it i he'd be wearing the plot armor and just just the things, plot armor yes guy. like that i <laughs> excuse me you're like on the plot armor <laughs> I do not know this, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, things like that. I love, but there are other side quests where, you know, it's someone talking to you and maybe there's a couple parts that hit, but it's really just running around the map, kind of doing the same, like run to an area, defeat some enemies, 
run to some more. And then eventually after three or four things of this, you finally get something back where there's an interesting point to the story. Right. But it's like a lot of little, you know, you're just like, okay, this, 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 you know, storyline for the side storyline that has nothing to do with the main story. Seems like it's going longer than an actual main mission in the game. You know? Yeah, I hate when side stories and and uh, Horizon was. I'll be quite honest; they were kind of bad like that. You're mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know if we if we fairly like if we if we say in our minds going into the side missions, oh, these are just going to be quick, and then they don't turn out to be, so we get irritated by it. Yeah, I, I don't know, but you're right. A, a long side mission, I cannot stand. Yeah, I start getting irritated at the end of it. It's, you know, it, that, and also like just the organizing of quests, um, you can only kind of see one quest at a time and you, you can sort to be like, okay, these are all the quests in your area, but I just, there was no quick, easy way. Cause you have to cycle through them or open up the quest log and go down in between, then go back to the map and look to see where's everything in relation. Right. Cause if I'm like, if I'm in this part of the map and there are three quests here, but this one quest I'm on is about to send me literally to the other side of the thing, you know, I'd rather hit all those little nodes before I move over to the other side. Right. Um, that, that part, I think it'd be better. I also think it'd be better in terms of managing the loot. Obviously this game gives you tons and tons of weapons. Uh, and as you go longer, you get even more and more and like, you're going to end up selling the bulk of this stuff. I really wish there was an easy way to go in and just select, okay, if it's not this, right? If I don't want this type of gun because I don't use this brand of gun, let me just select them all. Or if it's a green level versus a purple or, you know, uh, orange level, let me just select all those because the reason I'm picking them up is I'm farming money. That's it. Instead of like here where you have to go in your bag and click individually each single one. Um, I, this I is think not a, this is not a 10, John, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, those, those are things I would love to see like a patch at some point, you know, we all, John, we love a good patch. Don't we? We do love a good patch. patch. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, as far as a Richard, <laughs> uh, I would just say, I think for me, it's, it's probably an 8.5, right? Like I think it's, solid i think it's great i don't think it's Ooh. it's not taking anything like and reinventing borderlands in a way that i was like oh wow but i think it's comedy and its subject matter were a nice breath of fresh air compared to you know where the series was after three because i think three people were i i got the general sense and i felt this way i was a little bit let down by three i was i was really hyped on the game because it had been a minute since you know two and we'd had all that dlc and I was like, yeah, yeah, this was fun, but I just didn't feel as connected to it as as I was to the previous ones. This to me got me back in because it's like, hey, here's this character that was great. We're putting her front and center. We're giving her cool, you know, uh, companions that are great comedians doing their thing. And and then you know, it's not too long, right? It's not a game that is going. 30 hours. It's a game like as far as its main story, it's saying, Hey, if you want to expand this out, you can, you can make this as, as Mike said, 
you can make this a 72 hour collectathon if that's what you want before you even start your end game. I can't or, go 72 hours. No. No. Or you can seconds, maybe. <laughs> or you can make this like a <laughs> 15. It's, not my, it's your fault. <laughs> you could make this. It's like, not me, it's you. You should be so good. You're amazing. 72 seconds. <laughs> or you can make this like a 15 to 25 hour experience and get a full story that's really rewarding on top of a really fun in game that you know at least is i think like i would tell everyone after you beat it at least check out the end game you know go out there love a good end play. game love a good end game <laughs> all right but, hey, uh, uh, oh, per per doctor strange did yes. mike give us richard mike needs to the, give us richard we're in the end game now he kind of uh, so the mic, uh, once again, just to remind you, in case you stepped away or your kid was hollering or whatever, Mike is a real-life friend of ours. He's been on the show before. He's our Final Fantasy guru, really. Uh, we used to call him the Ryan Leaf of the show, and he he kind of redeemed himself. He played this game quite extensively alongside Chris. Uh, he's giving it a 9. A 9! Uh, and he says because it's dragons. He's going to give it that .5 extra. <laughs> And we also got a little shade in our Twitch chat uh, from a first-time chat viewer. I'm not going to read that out loud. I'll let Chris read it if he wants to. But that's that's a funny observation, to be quite honest with you. Um, but yeah, Chris, really great stuff. Uh, you you know, you didn't do anything to sell it to me. You know why? Because I already was sold on it. Yeah, and, and I mean, like it the, looks. It looks. So I was fun. It looks. Yeah. It looks. Um, looks. Uh, Wolfenstein New Blood. <laughs> it's very concise and very minimalist. As soon as like that first night when I played with Mike a little bit, like where we were playing the next yeah. day, I think we both kind of came in there. I was like, Sean would like this. I was like, I know Sean would like this. You know, you just, you know, you were playing tunic, right? You were, yeah. you're kind of in the Get zone in you had the other game that you played, uh, that came out last Friday. So I understood, you, but you know, you I was like, man, too. Oh yeah. Well, I was like, <laughs> man, yeah, it'd be, I, I would love like, you know, if anyone wants to play this game and gets to the point, <laughs> I would gladly make a new character or just go, you know, okay. when you get there. You're out the group. It's just, yeah. it's me and John and possibly Mike. You're out, dude. Hold You've on. already beat the game. <laughs> you are You're out. moving <laughs> both of Emma. you to, um, you did So this. In, the, in the words of our friend Mike, he says it's a nine and it's a quote, definitely go play it for sure game. I agree. Definitely go, go play. If you love Borderlands and especially if you love fantasy, go play it. Very nice. Good job, Chris. Yeah. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. 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 Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we have made it to the news section. This is uh, this is one of my favorite parts of the show, to be quite honest with you. And uh, one of my favorite people. He actually is the head of the news department. He's going to go first. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about something very tragic. Yeah. I'm sorry to break this to you, but E3, that's the Electronic Gaming Expo, right? Something like that. <laughs> Electronic entertainment expo that's it uh after canceling the in-person event for e3 this year which happened a couple of months ago the esa has opted to go ahead and cancel the event in its entirety for 2022 this means that there will be no digital events this year 
There have promised they have promised a return in 2023 with a statement provided to IGN, quote, we will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in all new format and interactive experience. We look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world live from LA in 2023. I'm reminded of that meme whenever um, something like this happens and somebody's waiting in the wings, that guy hiding behind the tree going, that's yeah. Jeff. That's Jeff Keeley. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Jeff Keeley. Keeley is going to own this year, mm-hmm. and no, he's not. no, he's not. Well, not own, but he's going to take full advantage of this. Yeah, I. And I, it's going to hurt him. It's going to hurt E3. And no, I am no. very skeptical of their ability to bounce back, dude. Completely non-existence for in 2022. I'm Jeff Keeley has ha- he had he's had the opportunity to dominate. Uh, the gaming presence on a yearly basis with mm-hmm. his, you know, his award show and things. And it, it continually just, it just lets us down from our expectations. You're right you about know? that. But this year, but this year E3 is not a thing and he right. could, and people could, I don't know, Gearbox can come up and say, Hey, we want to throw our stuff your way. Or, you know, any, any big publisher that would go with E3 would be giving Jeff Keeley a call. Mm-hmm. So Keeley has an opportunity to really exploit this situation. Yeah. Um, and if I know him the way I do know him, <laughs> he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Yeah. Do it. I think it's, I'm, I hate to go and put the knife in the back. I think they're dead. I think it's, they're done. It's, it's over. I think it's, I think, it's I think going forward, you'll have Jeff Keeley's thing, you know, which will probably have some mix of, I would say third party, right? Um, big games along with more important, which was always the appeal of E3, right? Which was the kind of smaller mid-tier to indie games where you could come and give them a spotlight and also give them connections to people as far as distribution, which was really what E3 was all about. Um, And I think this is just them, unfortunately, like they've been in a bad place long before COVID, just like where they were not evolving and the opportunity was there for someone to come in. And Keeley has laid that foundation for probably the last 10 years, right? Like people don't realize when you talk about Judges Week and you were talking about that with E3, that wasn't something done by E3. That was literally something done by Keeley to all the people before E3 and then was just presented like here's who won Judges Week, right, during it. That was him reaching out. You know, he was the one reaching out last year to all these uh, various people who couldn't afford to pay what E3 wanted and and working to figure out what was a logical way for them to be able to get their games in a place where people could check them out, get some exposure, but at the same time where he would be able to recoup, you know, his expenses and probably make some sort of profit off of it going down the line. And now it, it feels to me like he's mastered that and he's only had more time. I don't know if he'll eventually do an in-person thing that could eventually come, but if we're just going to an all digital format, he's got the best setup for it. And more importantly, he has the right connections for it where I just, I think you'll going forward, you're going to have Xbox, Nintendo and Sony do their thing. 
And then you'll have Keeley that's kind of the in-between, right? Like where here's some stuff from them, but more importantly, here's me being the conduit where if Ubisoft or Square doesn't want to spend money on this this year and they just have their one big game, give it to me. And this was, you know, the big thing last year, everyone forgets about this maybe a little bit now, was Elden Ring. He had Elden Ring, you know, Microsoft didn't have that. And it was, you know, look where that ended up, right? Like that was the first (laughs) gameplay reveal and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. When I heard this news, I didn't, I didn't react at all. I didn't have an emotion. No. And I think part of it is because it it hasn't been in, and I'll speak for me and and maybe a lot other people, it hasn't been in my life like it used to be. Mm -hmm. They took away the, the big presentations that we as, as just kind of what I call normal gamers, what we really look forward to, and we circled on our calendars every year, uh, and then we started getting more of these these snippets, like how Nintendo hopped away and did their thing, and then other folks started doing it too. And 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 it didn't help that as before we knew COVID was coming at us. We didn't know that was happening. It did start to fade away. Mm-hmm. COVID was kind of like a knockout punch, and it's just and and do you remember there was also that uh that leak of information? Mm-hmm. You guys remember that? That was yeah. bad. Uh, so there was just stuff that happened and you're right. It may be dead in the water now, unless they find a very unique way to, to resurrect it, which at this point, I just, I, I can't think of a way because of everything we just talked about. Yeah. Literally. Um, the companies are going to do their things when they want to give us information. Uh, and, and if COVID showed us anything, we didn't have all of the things that we were used to prior to it and the E3s and people still, we couldn't buy systems fast enough. They can't keep up with the demand, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it shows their way of marketing to us. If we're interested in it and the, and the people that are going to be interested in it, that need to tell maybe a parent or what have you, they're going to find out when these things happen and they're going to like make sure anybody who needs to know knows I want this system or I want this game on this day. And, and I think, I think you're right. It's a sad, in a way it's sad. I still am emotionless that we may never have an E3 again, even though they want to bring it back. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm interested to see, like, so we all agree Keeley's probably going to do something. I think yeah. he's, he's already said, and I know IGN has said, hey, we're going to have a Games Fest. The, the question I have is, you know, traditionally, even though Nintendo wasn't being, the last couple of years hasn't been linked to E3, right? They put a video out every e3 right you know kind well, of they've always like, had a presence on the show floor yeah yes. well i mean like last just year. not televised yeah. not yeah. not big yeah. presentations right yeah and then you know microsoft had been the one remaining big dog that seemed to be very committed to say yes we are an e3 and all that kind of stuff but i'm wondering this summer like what are they going to do are they just going to randomly pick or are they all going to center around jeff's timetable and then you know, kind well, of we'll to, go yeah, there. It'll be interesting to see where, where it falls. And John, you just made me very sad. Cause I just remembered one of my most favorite things was Nintendo Treehouse mm. live mm-hmm. at E3 and how you would just see things. And it was different. Cause it was like, here's the, you know, here's the, the other stuff going on, the, the Xboxes and playstations and oh my God, this news. But I could always, at the end of the day, click on that, you know, that Treehouse live event and all my little, a little special Nintendo stuff, you know, they're playing it and Reggie's coming out and showing me, uh, I can't reach it right now or I'd show you the, the, the box 
that had the sword in it when you bought Breath of the Wild Special Edition. And, you know, he level seven me. I ended up pre-ordering it that day. I would have never known about it. And that, those are going to be things I may miss, you know, maybe, maybe not. But yeah. So that box, hold on, that box had a sword logo on it. But it had a sword statue and, in it. Yes, I still have it. It was an amazing statue. What did I do with it? I don't know. But did it have a cover it that when you slipped it off, the the sword would go up and then you would see a stone that was empty? Kind of like the collector's edition of Lego Star Wars that John just got. This could be a hot disaster. <laughs> We're going to see if we can find Where the heck is my sword? I don't know, but John, Dude, that, I'm getting upset. I hope my sword's in here, to be honest with you, because I'm realizing I don't know what mine is either. But yeah, oh, wow. Reggie had this box. Ooh. On the stage, and he was all like, and they opened it. And let's see if my sword. Is now I have to know. Harper wants to know. And we have to Hold make on, John Harper. more mad. He's that, he lost, that he lost his sword. I feel like my sword is in here. Okay. Dude. I feel like it is. It feels like it's got some girth. <laughs> so, I forgot all about this thing. This thing is amazing. What's in the box? This is amazing. Yeah. And if you're listening just on the recording, you're missing out on. Acid should clip this. Why is it taped? For people. It's my sword in a box. My sword in a box, girl. What I love about this most is the flower. Yeah, for sure. The flower sets this entire thing off. So here we go. Look at that. There's the Boom. Mm. That is pretty. Dude, nice. I need to roll. I need to go upstairs real quick. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta find out if you've got yours. Where the Reg, heck is that thing? I don't know. Reggie held this in his hand, and he got me. I was like, <laughs> I must own. I, co- I, I totally, I totally forgot about that thing. I, I, you know what? I thought it was just the box of there. So this conversation, this is gonna come out and be displayed somewhere. Yeah, it's gotta be. It's gotta right. Be. So I'll just move this to the side now while we continue our recording. And if, if there were some rumblings coming through the mics uh, for our podcast listeners only, my bad. No, you're fine. We had to we had to tighten that up. That's um, nice. And it's you, you heard it. You hear it right? Hit the table. Listen, Sean, it's got some weight. Yeah, what's up, buddy? You should make a plan of where you're going to uh, to put that for display. And speaking of planning, oh, <laughs> you cannot do that, Chris. He, seg- he segued his own. I did. It's like when I became a DJ, look, I, I didn't make up my own name. Look, it can't happen. I, I saw two squirrels, and there was like they just been dropped in, and there was apparently just acorns everywhere, and they were just scattered, you know, just going after every acorn. Whereas, you know, I was over here going, "Hey, there's a segue." But anyways, uh, according to a new report from Windows Ooh. Central. Xbox Game Pass is set to receive a long-awaited family plan. Games Pass has always been individually held account, but will now allow users to share the service across multiple consoles and households. According to the report, the new tier will allow account holders to share the service with up to five players who will have access to the full library of Game Pass games. Um, this I'm glad they're finally getting around to this because this has kind of always been their... Uh, you know, something they've done, right? They did it with uh, with gold, Xbox Gold, right? Where you could have up to five people and have a primary console. And yeah. as, long, as long as someone wasn't, the primary person wasn't playing the game, someone else could come in and play it. Um, you know, hopefully, what? It's $15 for Ultimate right now, so I'm guessing 
maybe 18 to 20, somewhere in there would probably be my best guess if you were going to price this out, which I mean, if you're thinking about it, if you've got like, say two, three kids that (laughs) all have Xboxes, right? Like let's say you've got S's in their rooms and you've got your own X. Now you have this ability to let them have all these great games and experiences as, as opposed to fighting over the one console and the one account that can play for it or having to think about paying tons of money to have them all have access to it, right? So win-win for everyone. Yeah, I don't know if in my house, if that'll be a new acquisition because it's just me. And whoa, we have, whoa, whoa. We only no, have I, one. What? I, you see how just you made it where it stood out, but I did it so smooth. No, it no, like no, butter. no, 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 no. It was this, like butter, Chris. Sir, you are a pot, and I am a kettle. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Hey, Sean. Speaking hey, of acquisitions. Oh, my God. John, help me, please. Uh, help. <laughs> there are some new acquisitions for Sony. Although nothing has been announced, Sony still plans to purchase more studios. Sony Interactive Entertainment President Jim Ryan opined that the company's first-party success has allowed it to invest into more studios. Here's a quote. We're in a really good place with PlayStation Studios right now, and we have been for the past few years. The critical success and the commercial success of the games that they've been making, that has given us permission to invest heavily in content creation. We're growing our studios organically, and we're growing through acquisition. We acquired five studios during the course of 2021. We're in discussion with Bungie, and we have more planned. Mm. This is getting us into a cycle, a virtuous cycle, where success begets success. I love how he says virtuous. I do, too. So Jim Ryan. Like, That's so, like so Jim Ryan, bro. It's like he doesn't, the, you can tell the guy's never, never, he doesn't play video games. <laughs> he just doesn't do it. <laughs> he makes money. He makes money. That's it. He's hey, just that a, man is money. He's like Joe Biden with the with the question cards. You know, here's the answers to your questions. <laughs> he just has a script, basically. But um, you know, <laughs> what uh, is there a is there a studio you kind of want Sony to get get a hold of? I just say, I don't. Square Enix, just get, <laughs> just get them. <laughs> but that's a publisher, not a studio. You know. Yeah, I don't see Square. I mean, everyone's like, oh, they should buy Square. They should buy Square. And I'm like, I don't think Square has any desire right now to be bought, right? Um, I might have. I I, I saw this probably on April 1st, probably. mm -hmm. Um, But there were rumors, Mm -hmm. at least on Twitter, that they were closing a deal with From Software. But that could have been April 1st. Yeah. When I read that. So I don't know. I read it on Twitter. I can't see it because they're owned by. I totally can see it. Well, they're Bloodborne too. No, 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 no. I mean, in the sense they're owned by a pretty big corporation. Bandai. Uh, Is that. Is it Bandai? I can't remember who, but it's like, they're, they're not just like an independent, you know, like from software. And then they just reach out to people. It's not one of those kinds of things there. Everybody gets a hold of their titles. Activision got one. Mm-hmm. PlayStation got one. Yeah, they exactly. They they work with in that way, but I mean, like, they're not. You know, they they're working for a conglomerate, 
and you know they're a piece of that conglomerate's puzzle. Could could someone come to them and go, hey, here's a ton of money we'd like to buy from software? Yeah. I don't know if Sony's willing to go like, we will gladly give you $50 billion or whatever it is. I don't know what they're, what they would think the worth mm-hmm. is, especially right now with Elden Ring to do that um, at the moment, because Elden you know, Ring's not even that good. Okay. <laughs> sir. It's a 10 yeah. out of 10. <laughs> and I know, cause I beat it. What um, do you want us to do? Raise your salary. <laughs> it's like he deserves a raise for the things he does. Right. Yeah. Jeez. What do you think you are? Capcom? Exactly. He's speaking of Capcom. Solid. See, yeah, thanks. See, everyone else can do a transition for themselves. Capcom has raised salaries. And let me tell you about it. Oh. Capcom has <laughs> Take Capcom two. has announced that it is raising the average employee salary by 30%. Holy nice. shnikes. That's a lot of money. Right. And introducing a new bonus structure tied to the overall business performance of the company. Wouldn't you be like, this fine, dude, this is a plus. This is great content. Wouldn't you I- love to be the team behind monster hunter? Right. The company is also creating a new chief human resources officer. It's like they invented this role. According to a new investor relations statement from the company, quote, driven by its philosophy of being a creator of entertainment culture that stimulates your senses, Capcom will work to address the issues facing our society while aiming to improve its corporate value and establishing a relationship of trust with employees and stakeholders. How do you do that, ladies and gentlemen? You bribe them. You give them 30% raises across the board. Um, They haven't reached out to me yet. It's like you find out that they've actually been paying their employees like $15,000 a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, right. we gave it a 30% raise. Yeah, let's chalk that up to 30%. What do you say? 22K? 22K sound good? Yeah. But yeah. Um, hey, good for them though, right? That's cool. And I'm I'm wondering if that's, again, because of everything going on in the market right now, it's like, hey, we don't want to lose talent and we don't want them to leave and form their own studios or get poached by someone. So we understand we want to keep that talent here. We're really happy with, as you said, like our monster hunter team or a resident evil team, folks working on street fighter, pay them, keep them here instead of, you know, letting them make something for someone else. Hey man, but success begets success, bro. You know, yeah. Pay your folks and they will, they'll save the world. You know, nobody, was more than just a nobody, Chris. Well, speaking of nobody saves the world, Drinkbox Studio has announced that Nobody Saves the World is coming to PS4, PS5, and the Switch on April 14th for the low, low price of $24.99. PlayStation players will be able to get both versions of the game for a single price. The Switch version allows uh, for players to play from a single Joy-Con and to play in tabletop mode in addition all platforms will be receiving an update allowing for, I believe it's local co-op. You could do co-op right now, but you know, John's got to be in his house. I got to be in my house, but I guess now. If Which John, is what I prefer. Yeah. Yes. You don't want to come sit on my couch and play. Nobody <laughs> saves the world with me. I thought we were friends. It's not you, man. It's John's like, do you see where I'm sitting? This is where I game. If you're here, now I gotta get, what if I want to come here? Burgess is like not okay. You, you're you're picking out cumin from cabinets, trying to put it in your pockets and take it home. What if what if Penny and I came over to your couch 
then Burgess would be uncomfortable. Penny and the Jets. She's just like staring at him. We'll put it like a glass wall. Ladies and gentlemen, Penny is uh, obviously Chris's dog. Burgess is my dog. When they get together, Burgess knows full well all about the Me Too movement. Penny is relentlessly just all in his mess. And he does not like it. Wait, is Penny a <laughs> Penny will basically, even though Burgess is like three times her size, will just put her paw on his face and be like, who's in control? You, yeah. you, you, you are? You, you, you are? It's like, That's unreal, you know? Wow. Wow, it is Boo. unreal. Isn't it? Isn't it? Boo. Well, look, it's been two years since we were first introduced to the wonder that is unreal engine five uh the wait is over and the engine is officially available and has been released alongside a playable shooter called lyra in addition crystal dynamics has announced that a new tomb raider what is being developed and unreal engine is being utilized for that project big news there boys yeah yeah um i am so ready (laughs) it's nice i cannot wait yeah, I think this kind of confirms. I don't think we're going to see much from Unreal 5 games this year, but I think next year will be the explosion that we've been we've been waiting for. And uh, I checked out the Lyra stuff because they were showing it's cool because, you know, you could just play it. It is a game, but it's also a developer tool. So if, like, you're someone who wants to see what Unreal 5 can do, you can go in this game and drop various assets in there and change certain things, parameters, and, and just see, you know, the tools that's giving developers uh, to, to, you know, convince them to, to use their engine, which seems like it's very, very um, user-friendly, right, and gives them a lot of resource to, to work with. I can't wait to see games on this. And I'm just glad it's finally happening because I feel like we've been talking about it since, I don't know, 2020. <laughs> Was I think the first time they showed that one video off? Possibly. Yeah, I think so. Tomb Raider, though. Tomb Raider. Yeah. Do you think? I got I to gotta beat that third one. Do you think they're going to relaunch just a completely something different? Or do you think they're just going to continue on from the third one? And just be like, here's the next chapter. I hope that they continue because I love this Laura Croft. I do yeah. too. Chris does too. I do. One of these days I, when dude, I, I love more alcohol, I'll tell you something Chris said about. Dude, I love the movie that. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? I do. <laughs> I, I think I do too. But I love the movie that they did based on the recent games. I, yeah, I, I'm, I, was, I was totally fine with that movie. It was a good movie. It was better yeah. than I think the Angelina Jolie ones. And I'll say it again. I said what I, I said. Absolutely, it was. You just don't but respect you know Gerard Butler and his brilliant work from the original. Gerard Butler. <laughs> or was it the sequel? Was it Cradle of Life? I can't remember. I don't know. It, well, like, Unreal, it, Unreal has a future. You're not wrong. And we've been stuck in the past, you know, yeah. talking about you, these old Tomb Raider games. You know what else has a future? What's that? VR. Shut the front door. <laughs> It is my turn, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. The second we... annual MetaQuest Gaming Showcase will be held on April 20th and will give us a glimpse into the future. The future! The, pre- <laughs> the presentation <laughs> promises to have, quote, new game announcements, gameplay first looks, updates on games coming in the next year, 
and a whole lot of surprises. No hints have been given at this time regarding what we can expect. Just know that Sean will be unable to stand Yo. <laughs> when it's all done. Bro, I uh, you know what's going to happen. You know, Chris has got something to say. Yeah. I just want to ask, did, does anyone remember the first MetaQuest gaming showcase? I don't remember this. But I, don't, like, I think this is the first one, but you know what's going to happen. the second, but I'm like, I'm like what? Uh, this is the, uh, whatever. Yeah. But I do but know this. This is what's going to happen. PSVR 2 is going to come out, and it's going to be like the same day as MetaQuest 3. You know, that's what they're going to do to me. Yeah, definitely. Or, or maybe the success of MetaQuest 2 right now, they just, they, I don't know. Time to book a lot of weddings. <laughs> I'm, I'm, dude, I'm hooked up. Mark's just going nice. to be like, do you want to be able to still check your Facebook? You know what you're going to buy first. <laughs> I own yeah, it. No, hopefully <laughs> they have the latest comment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, here's the deal. They got to they gotta take away the requirement. They take away the requirement of it being linked to Facebook, and they sell a trillion MetaQuest 2s. I'm just saying, I said what I said. They're going to make you link it to WhatsApp instead or Instagram. <laughs> You're going to be like, well, it's not Instagram. And Elon, Musk should create, Elon Musk should create a virtual device and link it to Twitter. It'll Ooh. just be, it'll have Tesla logos all over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh wait God. till look, he, he basically owns the company now. So. Yeah. I can't wait till like Ford and, and Chevy are just one day checking Twitter and like, wait, where did our ads go? What? What, what happened? <laughs> Why do we only see Teslas? I don't want to see a Model S or whatever they are. Why would you That's get so a Ford fun. truck when you can get the <laughs> Tesla Cybertruck? Ah. Right. They all get up and they walk out. They're just there. <laughs> Speaking of walkouts. <laughs> ah, speaking of walkout. Uh, Activision Blizzard employees are staging another walkout this week regarding the company ending its company-wide vaccine mandate. The mandate was removed in an announcement from the company. Responses were not good with former Blizzard designer Kim Akuff Steiner uh, writing, so they've decided they just want to let COVID run rampant. I am sure they won't cause any delays as entire teams get taken down by illness. Uh, the ABK workers declared victory on Twitter and updated their demands once it was learned that proof of vaccinations will be required for at least the next few months. As of now, though, the demand is, one, make working from home an open and equitable option for all employees, and two, reverse the lifting of the vaccine mandate for all other studios who haven't yet walked it back. <laughs> So you're saying there's some controversy at Activision, huh? Well, you can't. I don't know. We we I think we're lucky mm -hmm. in our in our personal world that our company handled the COVID situation. I think as clean as possible, and they're continually working on it. Yeah. Um, the way that that I read the story, it was almost like they had a way, like Activision had a way that they were doing things, and they said, "Ah, let's just not do that anymore." And that kind of made some folks mad. They were like, why couldn't we have a, you know, I guess I, here's the deal. If, if, if like on a Tuesday I had to have a, a, a COVID vaccine and I come in Wednesday and they were like, no more COVID vaccines needed. I'd be like, wait, just, just yesterday I had to have a vaccine. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, by the way, this is a good pivot time. 
Uh, are any of you going to get your your next booster? I am. I just want to put that out there. I think you should. I probably will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when was it? January, I guess? December? Well, they oh. haven't said below 50. That's where we are, John. Uh, they, we can't get them yet. Oh, that's uh, right. That's right. But yeah. Fauci, Fauci did say uh, that for the next few years until they kind of figure out the pattern of Corona, go ahead and get those boosters. May not be forever, but I mean, plus they already got us chipped anyway, right? Time for the Fauci <laughs> juice. Time for the Fauci juice. juice time. Uh, oh my God. Is this it? I think this is it. Uh-oh. Wait. All right, uh, Mods, can we ban S10 uh, DR Raven? Uh, because that person thinks that I'm 50. And you know what? And you know what? He's gone. <laughs> bad hammer uh, uh chris i think this is the final news piece well you know how you know it is sean I need this finally this week we're not done with news about activision blizzard i tell you that much and that's because senator bernie sanders along with some of his other u.s senators three of them have raised concerns about Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Here's a quote. And I kind of wish John would read this in a Bernie voice because I can't, but I'll just read the quote. We are deeply concerned about consolidation in the tech industry and its impact on workers. Workers at Activision Blizzard following years of rampant sexual misconduct and discrimination and unfair labor practice have led calls for greater transparency and accountability in the gaming industry. And we are deeply concerned that this acquisition could further disenfranchise these workers and prevent their voices from being heard. Yeah. um, You know, there are times like, like I get it. Like when you're talking about the Bernie's and the, uh, the Warrens of the world, like it's their thing, right? They are they're they're the senders who are the alarm dog or watchdogs and, you know, raise the alarm about certain corporate practices where sometimes I do think they have viable concerns. But like when I read this, I'm like, ah, this is political grandstanding. And honestly, I don't see it having any major effect on this. Right. Like long-term, like, uh, eh, you know, it, it, it has, that's not how the uh, the SEC and others are going to judge this deal and figure out if it should be allowed or not. But yeah, you know, I get it. It's it's what politicians do. You know, you you got to say the attack line and all that. You're you're wrong. What happened was Bernie <laughs> and the three other senators listened to our show, and then they and were they like, heard, <laughs> they were like. They said that this somebody has to say something about this. This can't go unchecked. We got to step up. Since when has Bernie been hyperbolic? Since when has Bernie been hyperbolic? I'm going to tell you, no. Never happened. Never once happened. He just puts his mitt, his mittens on while he does this. Yeah. He's like, this gets me attention. Dude, dude well, let's not forget the Bernie meme that swept the nation. Really really sitting in that chair. Yeah. Really. Classic. I want those mittens. (laughs) Mittens mittens suck because you just have one hand. And you can't. Yeah. How you pick things up. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> stupid mittens. You're just like this. Uh, yeah. Shout out to anybody who wears mittens. Uh, you're dumb. Oh, what? Did I just say that? Yes. <laughs> there goes our subscriber base. <laughs> there it is. I'm you kidding. know what? That's probably what? a good sign that we should wrap this up before uh, Sean gets I don't us. ever want to wrap it up, ever. I wear fingerless gloves. I'm the dumb one, let's be honest. Just to be safe. Hmm. That was nice. Emails. What e- emails? <laughs> what I normally say? Cause From the I, future? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> do I have to like? Do we have to re-record this? What's no. going on? <laughs> no, no, I, I kind. No, no, I kind of. I had something else in my mind, and I can't mess that up. This is classic. From the future, all the way from the. Here's what happened. So I, I, this is the part of the show that's emails. We just said it. I pulled up the emails, and as I was getting ready to intro from the future, uh, I realized uh, we just have an email to read. Mm-hmm. And so I got angered because this is this. The fans know that this part of the show they carry, right? They have a responsibility, and they carry this part of the show. There are some emails in there, guys, from, uh, you know, from things like stuff we do uh, that's for the content and how we get it out to you guys. But we have one trooper. Actually, there are two. There are two? Yeah. There's one that's a little bit further down. It's just that we had more other things. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. So we do have our – I like to have at least two to read. That's fine. Let's get back on track. Ladies and gentlemen. If you do want to write into the show, of course, it's weeklygameschat at gmail.com. So what we shall do is we shall read these emails. And I'm not going to because I usually let John and Chris do it unless Uh, they want me to. I'll read it. I'll read this first one that was a little bit further down. Uh, It's from the Will. That's a good one. It's it's from Gordon, a.k.a. the Will to Kill. Uh, He says, hello, all. Hi. Hey, John, are you going to say hi? Hi. First, I was I thought about cussing out Nacho in our Twitch chat, and then I opted to just be nice. I can ban him, too. I've already banned. Ban Hammer. Like, our viewership is plummeting with all these bans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad I finally had the time to finally email in as I'm just listening to this week's episode. I would third or work. I work. Yeah, I think it's what you meant to say third shift and love being able to keep up to date on the video game industry, especially PlayStation news as I have a PlayStation guy since it was first released. That being said, I'm happy you mentioned SOCOM because as your emailer was talking about uh, quality of consoles, the SOCOM experience was one of the best memories. Uh, and I've kept my PSN uh, title, which is The Will to Kill, since the start of SOCOM as well. Wow. That's that's a long that's time. That's like 2004, 2005. My, my name is the same name I've had since the inception of 
play PS2. Yeah. Uh, mainly, though, because of the large group of people he's played with and still play with, uh, a couple of them, almost 20 years of gaming together. Wow. That is, yeah, crazy to think about. Now I feel old because I just realized I think the Xbox 360 came out in 2004. Oh, wow. Oof. Anyways, as I am an avid gamer and mediocre streamer, I have been interested in gamer input into games. With the wake of the PlayStation streaming service news and to take in what your emailer discussed this as a big thing I had been questioning, uh, the podcast team has become very saturated due to the large amount of accessibility. My question to you all is, would it be feasible to re-implement the gaming, Gamer Advisory Panel? As I was 11, 12, 13 years old when uh, I remember my words and opinions did not gain traction that it could had. However, I love having that, in my opinion, elite status to get your voice heard. Uh, I feel with such a saturation of big names in content creating, streaming, and podcast overpowers the ability of the smaller streamer and smaller content, content creators uh, that can hinder this. Uh, one other thing is that my buddies and I always discuss SOCOM quite often, and my response every time is that I would lose my shh, uh, but one of them always responds with we are spoiled and that the quality of production just isn't there anymore. And I hate to admit it, but I agree, uh, which is why I relate to your earlier email. Uh, he's talking about Juwan because of his frustration. I won't directly say sorry for the long email. I listened. I wanted to get this email out to you all earlier, but it was just perfect timing with what was being discussed in the episode. Uh, Gordon, a.k.a. The Will to Kill. I don't remember the Gamer Advisory Panel. I don't either, and uh, yeah, calling, people calling in the, the chat are saying they did. I, I, I didn't need no panel. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm being funny. I don't remember it at all. Um, but to talk about the the saturation, look, and by no means are we trying to imply that we're. I do say we are the greatest podcast about gaming ever, and I I mean that. But like, I mean, we, we're not like Joe Rogan numbers by any stretch of the imagination. And, and to be honest, I hear too many stories about streamers. Uh, that are big now that it's because they were playing for 10 years. Mm. Uh, I think you just got to put time in and, and you got to be consistent and you'll see growth. I don't, I don't want, I don't want people to think that they can't uh, do that there. Yeah. Numbers are just somebody in our chat for those listening acid just said numbers are just uh fluff and fluff. Fluffernutter, right? It, do you right? Make your content and and don't don't worry about the end result. Like do it because you love it uh, and stuff like that. Um, but I love I love that you discussed that. So so calm hit a nerve with you. I believe I brought that game up. I think mm-hmm. if if they brought one back because I loved I loved so calm and for the same reasons you did. Uh, we had group we had we had groups of folks and we played every night and there are still some to this day. There was one that I met from SOCOM and ended up driving to New York state to meet and hang out with. Yeah. It, that that's, that's the kind of stuff that happens. So, um, um, but I really, really good email. First off, according to this thing on giant bomb, the gamer advisory panel is the top tier membership level on the PlayStation network. Uh, membership is by invitation with the selection pool coming from holding a membership account with PSN or, uh, ascendant PlayStation underground. 
Um, the area consists of member blogs and member submitted stories. So I guess that was the top. Like if you were on that, you know, ever you would probably get highlighted more, right? As far as your opinions and all that. As yeah. far as like oversaturation, yeah, there's oversaturation, but I also find when it especially like when you're talking about podcasts, there's always more and more podcasts coming out, but I know so many that as quickly as they arrive, they because they don't get instant gratification or they just find that they had an idea and they really aren't going to be repetitive, like, you know, consistently making the content. They they do it for a little bit and they move on. And I mean, I think I'm guilty of that sometimes with like streaming. Like I go through, you know, waves of it where sometimes I'm streaming and then sometimes I'm just, you know, playing games at home and maybe talking to Sean and, and Mike and such, or just even sitting on my couch. I think there are so many more tools now where if someone is out there and committed, they can find an audience for them. Might not be on the level of, you know, Asmogold or, uh, you know, an IGN podcast, if you're going down that route because of what those brands are, but you can trust me when I say this, like you can find an audience you can engage with them if you're willing to work and kind of, you know, develop the kind of content you want. Someone out there will eventually relate to you if you are dedicated to whether it's streaming, podcasting, or doing YouTube, right? You will find a way. You just got to be willing to work for it. Well said. Well mm -hmm. said. John, any thoughts, bud? No, I'm good there. John's mm -hmm. hammered. <laughs> You're going to read the second email from Juan. Yep. Hello, all. He sounds Hello. Hey. Another, another week gone. I'm loving, I'm moving closer towards my classes starting. So I'm playing as much Elden Ring as I can before that happens. Currently on my fifth playthrough and level 300. Where are you, Chris? Uh, I'm planning Ooh. on getting all six endings. Wow. Love Where good, are you, Chris? Right. Good ending. You go right ahead, sir. <laughs> and I would like to hit all soft caps so I can switch builds without having to respect respec wow. my character. One thing I wanted to mention, and this is related to my question this week, since I was very young and I was introduced to gaming, I loved the unreal aspects of gaming. By this, I mean the exploration of the otherworldly experience of being a secret agent or a knight who says knee. I taught myself English to play the very first Legend of Zelda on the NES since every time dialogue would pop up, I would ask my father and he would hand me a dictionary. I enjoyed over That's overpowered nice. weapons in games such as the Golden Gun and GoldenEye. I remember also a game called Armed and Dangerous on the original Xbox where you had a gun that would shoot sharks that would come out of the ground and devour enemies. You also had a drill that would flip the world and enemies would fail, uh, would fall to the sky, then revert and hit the earth. So I definitely wow. enjoy playing a game to feel overpowered eventually and have a few sessions in which I, uh, I lose myself, lose myself, I think is what he means. Yes. Um, and truly have chuckles. I just loosed myself all over the place <laughs> uh, and have, uh, and, and have chuckles over some of the shenanigans I create. Lately, though, game developers have taken to remove said fun from games. Oh, John? Hi, John. What are you... God bless. Did you, did you just lose yourself again? 
No, one of the dogs either crapped or farted. Yeah, they lost. They uh, I can see chuckles. You can see the point. <laughs> yeah. I can see the point of this when a multiplayer or PvP component is involved, but I truly lack the ability to comprehend why is a developer nerfing weapons in a hmm. single player game. I agree. Why? I see this in regards to Horizon Forbidden West. I stopped playing the game and went to Elden Ring, and I'm planning to go back to it. But seeing how legendary weapons got nerfed after so many players grinded or put in their time to get them is disheartening. I understand creators have a vision for the game, but gamers have their own vision and spend their hard-earned money on games to which they want to enjoy their way, especially if they are not hurting other community members. Hmm. How do you guys feel about this? Still sending my thoughts and prayers to all those in Ukraine and to this community. May you all have a blessed week. And I'm glad to say we are sitting at 23 reviews with five stars. Hey, Very dude, nice. it used Game to be on, one. Everybody. Nice. Game on uh, for sure, buddy. Yeah. Sorry um, about that. It just smelled like one of them dropped a big juicy. Here's the deal. If you would have beat Horizon the first time you beat Elden Ring and then went back and played it five more times, you wouldn't have got nerfed like I did. You know what I'm saying? True. Put your So what I'm saying is put your priorities in order, okay? I guess I, I know. Look, I know Horizon's going to get its sales and it's going to do very well, but I, that game has a tendency to come out when the next great open world game comes out two weeks later. We're talking Breath of the Wild. We're talking Elden Ring. It's like, gosh. So Horizon Three coming right when Elder Scrolls Six launches. Exactly. <laughs> you know it. That's exactly what I was getting at. I. Um, but but Sean, I mean, you finished. You're the guy who's finished this game. Mm-hmm. It's gotten a lot of overly saturated internet hate for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's deserved. Uh, yeah, because people drag their feet to play it. Yeah, and and they did things to the game. Uh, I I had a great time playing the game. My weapons did what they were supposed to do. Uh, and I definitely knew if I was playing with a legendary game, uh, sorry, weapon versus, uh, you know, an entry level weapon, I knew that I needed to tighten that up. So, uh, in the words of our friend, get good. Yeah. I don't know how I feel like it's <laughs> like, I don't mind. I, I'm definitely with them. Like if it's a multiplayer game, you have to nerf things. You just, you have to, if something is just inherently better because, you know, especially like, you know, this Sean, like an MMO. What's everyone going to do if all of a sudden one class and build is distinctively better than all the others, right? At DPS, they're going to go make that class. The bulk of people are going to do this and you're just going to have, you know, 400 panda monks going around. Because that's the current meta or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. I don't know about like, I guess it determines what are they nerfing? Because like, if it's something like, I remember the best thing I can compare it to is back in the day, Final Fantasy, right? Final Fantasy, you had this understanding that 99 was the level cap. And sure, you would be very OP at that point if you got everything to that, got all the summons. And then Final Fantasy X came out and finally gave you the ability to break that level cap, which completely breaks the game. Like you beat the final boss on literally one hit, you know, because before the Cap was always nine 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 damage. Now all of a sudden you can do like a hundred and one thousand damage on just one hit, right? I don't like that being 
output. But on the other hand, if people, if it's simply the process of you not realizing through your, your gameplay testers that there is something that if you do X, Y, and Z, it becomes way more powerful than you ever intended. I don't know. Like if you're the developer and, and the idea is you want when someone gets your game further down the line to be it more what you intended it to be, right? There's a debate to be had there. Because, I, I mean, Elden Ring nerfed a ton of people. And if you think about it, you don't have to play that game with other people unless you want to. Yeah, I was going to say that that was a game that I think got more to me. Mm. Uh, you made a big deal about it because you beat it before. And we have a friend who kind of gave you, I don't want to say grief over it, but you're like, I'm sorry. I played the game and beat it before they nerf it. Like, that's not yeah. my fault. What, why should I? I mean, apparently I beat it. You know, they were saying with Radon, he accidentally got nerfed uh, after I beat him. And then now he's been restored. Well, there's a bunch of people in between those two periods that beat Radon that did not beat the Radon I fought. And that's fine by me. I'm like, go right ahead. You know, you were there. Well, and, and there Do was it. hate because <laughs> uh, the email specifically mentioned Horizon. I saw in chat yeah. as well, and I remember seeing this, uh, where people were starting to say, well, now Horizon's been nerfed and it's harder than Elden Ring. First of all, th to, I don't see this as a direct. This, this is not true. Elden Ring is a different kind of hard because from the jump, yeah, it's a different fighting mechanic. And it's 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 almost if you, if if there was one thing I didn't like about any Elden Ring, it was a one kill mechanic on a lot of bosses. If you didn't sure. learn their fighting, if you weren't ready for that fight, in Horizon, you it's a game where you need to level up and you can't go to these these places. Mm -hmm. And if you're having problems with it, it's because you don't pay attention to the level of the mission you're on. And and I I think the nerfing aspect is overhyped. I really do. But. I do think the combat with horizon isn't near forgiving at times because like you really have to have very strong situational awareness in horizon games. Like when you're in those major combat ones, especially yeah. later on, like of what your tools are, what the weakness is, you know, where to avoid versus where to strike. And if yeah. you're not, you know, like you don't have a shield, Right, <laughs> really, like the way that you do. No, you don't have a shield. Yeah, yeah. In you can dodge. If you can yeah. dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. But <laughs> but there are so many times I've rolled right. You know, in that game, and as soon as I'm coming out of the roll, I'm still getting hit by a blast. I just missed one of them. You know, so um, you know there are definitely some you know demanding parts on that. But at the same time, I watched Sean go and struggle through this. It was you know he would go through an encounter and he would start to piece it through and maybe rage at first but then go oh let me oh no this. totally not maybe rage <laughs> i like the way you said this d white dynamite in chat uh, there's hard for the sake of being challenging like metroid dread sure but then there's hard for the sake of being hard like a dark souls in their opinion and i, I kind of agree with that they're to two totally different kinds of uh, air quotes here hard right mm -hmm. but yeah hey, hey you look that was a great email juan you got us talking about it you got us kind of conversing right isn't that what you're supposed to do for sure Nice. If you want to be like those two emails and you want to go traditional, of course, weeklygameshed at gmail.com. Uh, over on our Twitter page, uh, there was one DM I wanted to highlight. Chris, I hope you remembered to do what you were supposed to do. I don't think you did. It's fine. Uh, this came from at Nat the Gooner from across the pond over in England. Um, Nat says, I tried not to finish Elden Ring, but I couldn't help it. Could you ask Chris what ending he got? 
and Nat goes on to say that they uh, they got the Ranny of the Stars ones, but no idea what it meant. Hmm. Um, I talked to Chris, and Chris said he didn't get Ronnie, Ranny. No, I um, got the... Hold on. I'm scrolling through. Yeah, I'm going to read, read a little bit more while you're scrolling. Uh, basically, Chris implied that he selected a different ending. Nat didn't know that was even a thing. Mm. Uh, so I relayed to Nat that basically how you end up playing the game and the choices you make could literally change your ending. Uh, and Chris was going to look up which ending he got. And Nat, you also told us to have a great podcast tonight. Thank you, sir. Uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast that we made tonight. And I also hope you have a great week until we talk to you again. I believe sure. it is the age of the dustborn is ending. Um, but I'm not 100% certain, right? I, I don't know. It's been a couple of weeks. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. The Age of Order is ending. That's it. That's the one I did, Um, which you have to do a certain quest. But, like, if I recall, if you, outside of the one he did, which required an action after you beat it, um, yeah, you you basically, you have this icon or this, this point and when you go up to it, if you had multiple, because I had like two I could select, which I think one of them is the standard, and the one was the age of the order. And basically I said, oh, let me do this one because I did these things to get that ending. So let's see what it actually is. Sweet. Yeah. So now I hope that made sense for you, what he just said. And you could definitely look that up. Uh, I want to give a shout out to, uh, this is a old school listener, at Chap Mad. Ooh. It's Chapman Maddox. Yeah, Chapman Maddox. It. He's home. He's in Atlanta. He had been oh. overseas for a long time, and he just he put a tweet out. Uh, love being home in Atlanta. So, Welcome. hey, what up, Chapman? It's been a long time. What's up? That's got to be weird going from Europe to the A. Yeah, <laughs> like, for real. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to at VGL underscore podcast for giving us a follow on our official Twitter, Twitter page. We're going to follow you back if the button works it did and that's all we're going to really highlight today on twitter once again we're at weekly games chat now let's pivot uh for more and let's see if over on our weekly games chat if we have any emails we do we do sweet all right uh so this is from tara thoughts on a spiritual successor to until dawn called the query uh, do you think it'll be a letdown like the Man of Medan trilogy? I have no idea what that means. Do you guys know? John, did yeah. you play Until Dawn, didn't you? No, I, I never got around to those. Mm. But it's uh, it's kind of the, it's it's not the Man of Medan trilogy. It's more of the Until Dawn series is gotcha. more accurate, I think. Great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> top notch. <laughs> We got another email from uh, Hagar himself. My email question, has everyone decided already that Elden Ring is this year's goatee? Is it deserving? Does a game like God of War Ragnarok stand a chance? Do you feel other games might be overlooked like Horizon, Thiefu, Forspoken, or Lego Star Wars and Tunic? Mm. Uh, that's a great question. I, I, think, um, I think a lot of people are going to, put Elden Ring as their goatee because it's for those who like that kind of game. Chris is probably going to nod his head. That game was near perfect. Uh, but I don't think the other games are out of the contention yet by yeah. each stretch of the imagination. I would say I will never say it's over until it's over because that's when you get surprised, right? 
And as he just said, like, you know, what if God of War Ragnarok comes out and it's even better in terms of story and presentation and everything than God of War was? What if Starfield comes out and it's better than Skyrim was? Or right. Fallout New Vegas, right? Like, you know, there's quite a few, you know, what if there's some game that we've heard a little bit about and gets a big reveal for at E3? Well, I guess not E3, but, you know, over the summer <laughs> at some point. Too soon, bro. Too uh, soon. Yeah, right? Thoughts and prayers in the chat. <laughs> um, but, you know, at some point it, it gets revealed over the summer and it's like, yeah, this is coming out in October. And I check it out and I'm like, whoa, this really did something that I wasn't expecting, you know. I think anyone has the opportunity to be game of the year. I would say so far, if you want to understand where I am so far of things I have played at least somewhat this year uh, on today's date, Elden ring is currently in the lead. That's yeah, what that, I would that, say. That, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love this email we got on our discord server from Punkhead. What up punk? Uh, howdy fellas. Howdy. Hope all is well. I don't have much to say. Only writing because Sean called us losers on Discord for not sending emails. Facts. Uh, I finished Tunic and did the, quote, true ending. Oh, wow. It, it was an arduous task, but it got done. The game designer gets a lot of props for that game, with from the music to level design to its puzzles. Easy four out of five on the girth scale. Nice. Nice. I'm, I'm currently playing Weird West via Game Pass. It's been pretty decent so far. It's basically a top-down ARPG with Western and fantasy elements. You can go uh, guns blazing or stealth mode. All depends on your play style. On the pre-girth factor, it's a solid chub. I think I have about five hours played. It's nice. You're remembering the pre-girth. There it is. On the John factor, due to lack of fast travel, it may just be a semi-chub. John, I have something <laughs> that would make you interested in that game. What's that? What game? Uh, Wild what or wild weird west or weird 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 west weird west okay yeah it's on game pass um it is made by two of the primary developers of prey and dishonor uh punkhead also wants to pour a 40 to those who have been mia on the discords and particularly uh a mini where you at tyranna tortoise where you at (laughs) ditch 101 in particular with ditch we miss your vacation pictures Lawyer Rob, hello. Lawyer, we don't. Lawyer Rob wrote in. I don't know if he ever was in the Discord, but Justice Platt, our our that was going to be our junior lawyer. Um, all I know is I've seen Justice Platt play like F one racing games, and I don't know what's going on. It's been saying he's been playing Elden Ring lately. I should reach out to him. Be like, hey, what are you doing? (laughs) Also, Punkhead gives a shout out. Hey, John, a shout out is. Uh, to the rest of the Discord crew. So what's up? That's a great email. I love when I love when our 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 peeps write to us and then give props to the peeps that they became friends with and stuff. For sure, it's cool. And of course, there's a uh, a a GIF or GIF, however you want to say it, a GIF. of some old old English being. It's a forty ounce being poured for the homies. Oof. That's what's up. That's gonna be a the long Buffalo. night. The Buffalo 68. Hey, guys, I've been trying to think of a good question for a while now, and I think I have one. For one full year, you can only play on one console, any gen- in any generation, no PCs, and you only have one game. No internet connection, and you can only play with others if they are in the room with you. And it's a game that has multiplayer. What console and game are you choosing and why? Wait. So- it has, it's a game that has multiplayer? 
Yeah, but they have to be in the room with you. So local. Local multiplayer only because you don't have internet. Can't be a PC. I'll take... For a year. For a year I have to do this? Yeah. Hmm. I've got it until there's multiplayer, but I guess... um, I guess the Switch uh, with Diablo 3. I was going to say Xbox or Xbox or PlayStation with Diablo 3 was also my thought. <laughs> I'm going old school. Oh. I'm split right now. Uh, this, is, this is always so easy for me. It's either Super Nintendo with Mario World or it's Nintendo with Mario 3. That I was, could play those every day. <laughs> I would come play Mario 3 with you every day. We'd, we'd have so much fun on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's nice. That's a, that's a legitimately great question. And Sparks caught a stream. You're so proud of yourself. I'm proud of you, Sparks. I'm going to give that a heart. Aww. And there's a picture of us. Like, there's, there, there we are. Um, Nacho says, hey, love you guys in the show. Obviously, since I'm the uncontested number one fan, but <laughs> I got to ask something somber a bit. My mom's going into surgery tomorrow morning Ooh. or the, the morning this podcast releases, and I would appreciate thoughts and prayers for her. Thoughts Game on, guys. Without a doubt, Nacho, thoughts and prayers for mom. Uh, hope everything goes well. Anybody that's listening, I'm sure you'll throw some thoughts and prayers out for Nacho and anybody in our chat right now, if you just heard me as well, thoughts and prayers for Nacho's mom. Uh, keep us updated if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> so basically, right after that, Draven, uh, if you guys remember the skit that Justin Timberlake and Andy Sandberg had with boxes over their things, it is now in our email chat, okay? And he also supplied us with a Bernie gif or Jeff, however you want to say it. Jeff. And then uh, Punkhead, there's a picture of John from this episode that says, John, the cat wants to come in. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just like, yeah. love me. That, that, that would is, be, that one right there, that's, uh, that's Samus. Samus? That's, that's a great his, name. That's her name. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to applaud you because we, we, say that, we say emails to introduce this segment of the show, but it's, it's all about you bringing content and you brought it this week. That is the standard. That was fantastic. You make us, you see, you make us happy. So, so Sean, that, starting next yeah. week, just chew them out every Tuesday about 9 a.m. And <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived. Uh, you know, with every end, there's a new beginning. And next week, there'll be a new beginning for us. But this has been episode 351. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you if you joined us on twitch.tv. If you haven't done so before, come come say what's up. Uh, if you want to write any emails into us, of course, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. We are on the Twitter at weeklygameschat. And as we just highlighted, we have an amazing Discord community. So, you know, why not come say hello? We'll welcome you with open arms. I'm now going to pivot and look directly into the camera at my friends John and Chris. And I'm going to tell both of these sons of you know what. <laughs> I love you guys. Game on, boys. Game on, Sean. Game on, John. Game on, Sean. Game on, Chris. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Thug life. (laughs) There you go.